Hello, cleaning buddies. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jinlin. Um, I wanted to just do a quick little talk kind of thing about how you can tell when your mindset starts to change or like, I don't know, just kind of like how you can tell what you're doing is working. Like, I don't really know exactly how to phrase what I want to talk about, but for me, it's like, you know, does therapy, does CBT, does like working on yourself, do any things, you know, like in the past, I don't know what that word was. I just said, um, in the past though, like I've had, I've had everybody with their new toys. I hear like new toys all over the neighborhood today. Anyway, um, let me get back on track. So there's been a lot of places in my life where I've tried to make changes and they just kind of like dissipate, you know, it's like they just kind of slowly disappear or whatever. Um, but I don't think I've really ever hit anything quite as hard as I did. Um, once I got, and it's kind of funny, like some of the things, this may be a little longer than I was expecting, but all right. So when I first was like for real separated, um, and it wasn't like a, a plan to get divorced or anything at that point, it was just like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here and we need to try to work this out and figure out what's going on. And is there some, you know, stuff that maybe a doctor or counselor or somebody can help with going on. And I started also looking at myself. Um, and about a year prior to that, I had done a lot of looking at myself because I was, um, my ex had expressed, um, that he felt like when he came home that I was just immediately like, you know, upset with him or whatever. I was like, okay, let me look at myself. Do I have some unrealistic expectations? And I mean, I don't really think they were unrealistic, um, you know, like now that I think about it, but just having expectations of what somebody else is going to do at all, unless it's something you've discussed and like you've agreed to, I think is always going to set you up for not good things. But I, I had worked on myself in that way, which that was still really hard. There was still something there that I wasn't quite picking up on. There was like something there with the expectation thing that I still just didn't really quite click with me yet. Um, and then like when we first separated, I was like, you know, there are some things that are, there's like some stuff with me that's kind of off. For instance, like I really thought that, um, he should take care of like the trash. Um, and it was to the point where if the trash needed to go out, like I wouldn't even take it. Like I might take it and put out the door if it was like really stinky, but like, I did not feel like I should have to go and put it in the dumpster. Um, now in my defense, a little bit in my defense, um, I did have an infant at home when this was like, I mean, because whenever we first, um, when this first happened, I mean, up to the point when this first happened, she was like 18 months old around that age. So, um, I mean, it was kind of hard for me to get out of the house, but even before that really. And like, if I was getting ready to leave for work and he'd already left and I realized that the trash still wasn't out you know, didn't take the trash out to the road or whatever, I would get kind of upset. Like, 
you know, I have to do it. And, you know, it's kind of like thinking about it now, like, you know, why, why wouldn't I, you know, and I just realized that there's a lot of stuff that I just decided, like, not that it was beneath me, but it's just kind of like, you get into this thing of like, well, I'm already taking care of the kids, making sure the baby's fed and diapered and all that kind of stuff and goes, you know, getting her to sleep. Like, this is your thing. And while that's true that I was doing those things, it was also kind of stupid for me to just think like, because really it affects me too. Like, why not just go take the trash out? And I think I really kind of got to this thing where it's like, every time I, I picked up another task, then it just became my task. Um, but that was really stupid. So anyway, that was one of the first things I noticed though, when I started having to take care of the trash myself, I was kind of like, you know, this is something that I can change, you know, with the thought in mind that we were getting back together and everything at that point. And so then I started, you know, with therapy and finding out about like irrational thoughts and things like that. And it's really a combination of a lot of different things. Like it took hearing it from a lot of different people. But one thing that I noticed is that they were all kind of saying the same thing, but in different ways. And one of the things that really started getting into my brain about, um, when it comes to like, okay. So like the therapist guy that I was talking to, he really helped me out as far as it went with like worrying about what other people thought. He was like, what are your priorities? What are your values? You have to consider your values because they're not considering your values. Why do you care what they think? And he would use certain examples. It's like, okay, so if these people didn't have any um, concern for you when this was going on, like, why would you think they would have concern? You know, like, why are you considering them when they wouldn't consider you? And that sounds kind of harsh. It sounds like, you know, kind of changing who you are as a person, but it's not what it started. And I think it's kind of led me to this thing where I'm, you know, working what I plan to work for in 2022. Um, it was kind of like this thing about what about me? Because what I realize is that one of the biggest things is that I don't think about, like I put everyone else, um, like how they're going to feel about it and this and that before myself to the point where I get myself in these situations where I'm doing something or having to deal with something that I really don't want to. And instead of saying, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. I just, you know, make it whatever. So, um, so anyway, I just, um, I don't know. Um, it's like, I have to start speaking up for myself. And what I've noticed is like every single time that I don't, I always wish that I had. And so part of this comes from some stuff that's recently happened. And I don't want to get into very, like, I don't want to get into specifics, but, um, and like some of the stuff that I realized is that I'll also say this. So at one point I thought I was dealing with mental illness, not me personally, but dealing with a person that had mental illness. 
And before me and this person had argued, like I would try to get them to see it my way. And what I realized was if someone has a mental illness, then you can't, they're not going to be able to think rationally. I mean, not all, you know, there's different types of mental illness, but like I used to, whenever, um, my grandmother was, um, dealing with dementia and, um, before, I mean, like she didn't ever get over the dementia, but you know, but like while she was dealing with it, um, I would see my mom like try to talk to her in a rational way, but her mind couldn't understand that anymore. And it was like, you know, you just couldn't, she couldn't do it. So it was kind of like, you know, you don't want to tell them something that's not true or like, because sometimes it can make things worse, but it's like, you had to get to a point where you realize like, you just have to kind of try to comfort them and be there for them, but you can't like, they can't see it the same way as you. And so when I realized that, um, like that works with all kinds of people. And like, if you find like a certain situation or conversation always goes downhill with a certain person, if you will, and I know this is probably not the most um, PC way of thinking about this, because I'm not saying, like, I am not saying that other people, you know, I'm not using like the crazy word and stuff like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this way of interacting when I thought that I was dealing with mental illness and interacting with somebody in that way or dementia, you could think of it in different ways. It made me stop arguing with them because I realized that the way that I saw it was like, this person, there's something going on with this person and me arguing is making it worse and it's making them agitated and this is not making the situation better. But what came out of it was like, I ended up having a lot more peace with the situation and I've just kept doing it. I've kept like anytime that I get into a thing with somebody where I feel like they want to argue back and forth, I just go back to that way of thinking like, not as if, I mean, I'm not thinking people have mental illness that don't, um, but maybe it, like maybe to have to, maybe when we feel like we have to argue or we have to defend ourselves, maybe we're suffering from some kind of little, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some kind of name for that somewhere. I don't know. But anyway, um, you know, like just this like insane need to do it. Um, I think it's probably like the same place that things like road rage come from, but if you look at it and that it's, it's, it has to do with perspective. And, um, somebody told me one time that when somebody cuts them off in traffic, they used to get like really angry. And so when somebody cut them off in traffic, they, um, started just making up stories like, Oh, he's got two little fluffy little dogs and his house is on fire. So he's got to hurry up and get them. They're sitting there in their little sweaters at the window and he's got to break them out of the, the house before they burn. And so like he would just come up with goofy stories that made him laugh and he stopped having road rage. And so like, I guess in a way that's kind of like my thing. And it's not so much that, like I said, it started from an idea that somebody could have mental illness and I didn't want to make things worse for them, but it ended up, I found that it was just a better way of communicating. So that wound up. The other, so then the other thing that I noticed is 
as I had to have interactions with, um, you know, other family members who didn't agree with my choices that I made, um, I realized that defending myself, it, it doesn't do any good. Cause when somebody has already made up their mind about you and they already know, you know, how you are and they've already decided that you're the problem, you're not going to change their mind. You're not going to change their minds with words anyway, maybe by actions though. Um, and I wouldn't even have the goal of changing their mind because like I said, they've already made up their mind. You're not going to change it. Anything you say, they're going to have something to come back with. So there's absolutely no reason to get into an argument or try to defend yourself. And what I've realized is that I have so much more peace interacting that way. And it's one of the changes that I've seen. And I think I've done it by realizing that, I mean, anything that I've learned about myself, I can then apply to other people. First of all, one of the things I've noticed is that this takes a lot of work. Like I've been working really hard to make the changes. Um, you know, and by really hard, I just mean I've been consistent with it. I've, when, um, when I get spun up into some kind of crazy thought thing, I take a minute and think about, okay, so what just happened? Like I back away from it and I look at it like, okay, what just happened? Is there something I could have done differently? Um, so I'm trying to think of how I want to, um, so recently, I mean, this happens in all kinds of ways. It's actually happened in a couple different ways, but it's like when my kids do it, I don't worry about it as much, but I could use my kids examples or whatever. Um, but pretty much I, I had my, and this is another thing. Like one of the things about values, priorities, and boundaries, if you have plans already, do not change your plans for somebody. Like unless it's something urgent and they really need your help and it's like somebody that you feel that you want to help out, like don't change your plans for people. So um, in this situation, um, I had already had my plans and I was actually in the middle of my plans when, when I was asked if I wanted to do something. And I said, no, I have these other plans. And the person was like, at first was like, okay. And then the person got upset and was like, um, oh, well, if you're doing that, then that must mean you're this, which is, I guess, something they find distasteful. And I was like, no, but, um, I'll talk to you tomorrow or see you tomorrow or whatever, because we had plans the next day. And so then it kind of went into this whole, like, I guess they just got really, it's, yeah. So like, I think I talked about this in the 50 minute thing, like where you have a person that's like, they've just kind of come into your space and you're having to deal with them. And it's like, they don't quite understand your boundaries and stuff yet. So it was kind of a thing of having to be like, um, well, actually this is my, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, so, um, you know, like this is what, this is actually the way things work around here. Um, and I, I really felt that they were trying to pull me into an argument 
And I just didn't, I just didn't take the bait. I just said, um, you know, I hope you and so and so have a good day or good time doing the thing that you invited me to, but you know, that I can't go to. I didn't say all that, but you know, and I just tried to keep it there. And, um, they tried another time to kind of pull me back into the, the same like conversation or whatever. And the only thing was I kind of felt there was a one, um, there was one little thing that I kind of, there wasn't like I, in the situation that I feel kind of led to it, I didn't do anything wrong, but I think they just got the wrong idea about like what the, um, like what the plans were going to be and stuff like that. And so I did feel the need to clear up one part of it. So my response was just like, I said the statement and I said, but I'm not going to discuss this any further. Um, I think I may have said, you know, the same kind of sentiment, like, I hope y'all have a good time. Um, and you know, they kind of blurted a few other things and then they stopped finally. So, but I didn't respond after that. Cause I had said, this is it, you know, I wasn't going to keep going back and forth. So, um, but anyway, so two things happened in that situation. One thing was, um, cause one of the things they were trying to like accuse me of, I guess like having ulterior motives or something like that in this thing that we're doing together. And I was kind of like, um, I'm not going to defend myself from that because you know, it's just going to lead it. That's what they were trying to do. So it could be a back and forth so we could start playing ping pong. And I was not about to start ping pong with them. And then the other thing was that I actually went and did my plans and had a good time. And I didn't really think about the situation at all during that time. And I was really proud of myself because that's not how I would have responded to a similar situation months ago. And so even though sometimes I feel like I haven't made a lot of progress, when things like that happen, I notice that I have. But it's come down to like the biggest things that I can say, the biggest changes that I have made is to be curious about stuff, to actually look at what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, the CBT stuff, like changing thoughts around, that's really helpful because I can do that now. And that's going to be in the workshop if, I don't know if this gets posted before or after, but that's, uh, there's a whole part, I think it's in part three, where I go over the CBT thing um, or the, it's not, it's not CBT. It's, it's like a model thing for um, changing your thoughts and feelings. It's also what I talk about the journal that I talk about in the, um, in part five of the workshop. And also it's in the, that short clean with me thing. Um, the short clean with me that turned out to be 53 minutes. (laughs) Um, that's been really helpful for like looking at it and like, okay, but that's just a thought. So you can change thoughts to change feelings, to change 
how you interact, how you show up in the world. And then the other thing is just um, being, you know, like wanting to make the change, being consistent with it. And there's, look, I'm not saying that I don't sometimes want to defend myself. It's just that in my my one therapist, we never really got into this before he started being like really weird, but um, he told me that one of the things that happens is that, and I saw this video the other day that talked about your subconscious actually makes decisions about things seven seconds. They've done like brain scans to see this. Like it happens seven seconds before it actually comes out, the decision or whatever choice comes out of your mouth. So your subconscious has already decided. You think you're still thinking about it, but it's already the decisions. The decision has already been made. But what he told me was going to happen is that as you start feeding your conscious mind the methodologies and like the, the different skills and stuff like that, as you do that, you end up um, starting to change your subconscious mind. So your subconscious mind starts listening to what your conscious mind is learning and it starts pulling those in and taking those tips and starting to work them into your daily life. So it's the more exposure you have to it, the better it is. And, um, I don't know if I ever actually said this. Did I ever actually talk about this part? I don't know if I didn't, I'm going to say it again because it's worth repeating. And so your conscious mind's getting it a second time if I already did. But one of the biggest So I talked about like last year, how I was doing the expectation stuff, but my support group, one of the biggest things that they hit on is, and they say it over and over and over every time that we complain about something that the other person did or said or whatever, they say, you are only responsible for your choices and your decisions and your thoughts and your feelings. That's what you have control over. You have absolutely no control over anyone else's actions, thoughts, or feelings. And when you try to manage other people's thoughts, emotions, and feelings, it's like usually you're not even doing a very good job of managing your own. And this is the other thing that I found with myself. Because like, so imagine that same text exchange, but I'm trying to manage the other person's feelings by, oh, well... I really want to go, but the thing is that I just can't really do that right now because I have this other thing and I wish I'd known sooner because I would change my plans Mm -mm. because you're trying to make, you're trying to like soften the blow. No is a complete answer and you have a right to not go somewhere and it doesn't have to be anything mean. Um, but what I'm finding is like with certain people, you have to express your boundaries a little bit stronger because when you do this like flowery language, they take they hear the flowery language and they don't get the message because they see that you're trying to appease them and they feel like if they just push a little bit harder that you'll go all the way and completely do what they want you to do. So that is like, um, I'll, I'll give it to you in two different ways. My support group talks about, well, let's go all the way back to Karen Casey. Karen Casey talks about having a garden and one, but see, this is the thing that I couldn't quite, this is the part that I couldn't quite get. Cause I think whenever I was thinking about this, I was only thinking about like my partner and your relationship with your partner is a little bit different than your relationship with other people because 
you know, like we don't tend to have a strong boundaries with our partner. Um, and like, usually that's okay. It just depends on the relationship. But what was happening with me is I couldn't translate it to other people. So Karen Casey's, um, her, um, visual, I don't know how else to say that, or her analogy is gardens. You have a garden, other people have gardens. So imagine what it's like when people come into your garden and start picking your radishes and like, you know, putting weed, weed killer that isn't rated for food on your vegetables and spraying for bugs. You don't want pesticides on your plants. You want to go all like all organic and they're coming in there and they're like, Oh, you need this here. Let me do this. Like, how do you feel when somebody does that? It's like, if, if that actually happened to you, it's really annoying. And so when we leave our garden and go into other people's gardens and start um, trying to make things, trying to take away consequences, trying to make things easier for them, trying to change how we talk to them about things so that they don't get upset. Um, like, okay, how can I phrase this just right so that the other person doesn't get upset or take it the wrong way? You know what the answer to that is? If somebody has already made up their mind that everything you say is wrong and that they're going to take it the wrong way, there is nothing you can say that's not going to make them um, take it the wrong way. The only thing you can do is have your priorities. Is this in my best interest or whatever your priority happens to be? You've got to have your boundaries. Like I'm just going to say what I have to say and accept that you manage yourself. They manage themselves. And all you can do is just say what you have to say. Say the thing that you mean. And it's not your responsibility. Now, I mean, I wouldn't go up to somebody and be like, hey, F face, you know, this is what I, you know, you don't have to be ugly, but you can just state and be, it's called being assertive. Um, it's kind of funny because I was um, teaching this thing about assertiveness and um, one of the things was just absolutely, it was just a plain assertive statement, but everybody thought it sounded mean, not everybody, but a lot of people thought it was mean. And the statement was, um, um, I don't know if it was thank you for the advice or thank you for your opinion. I think it was thank you for the advice. Thank you for the advice. Next time, would you mind telling me in person instead of texting me? It was not mean. The person was saying, thank you, but everybody skipped over that part. They went right to the part where the person said, next time, would you mind um, telling me in person instead of texting me? So all they were doing was saying what they would prefer. And you get to do that. You have a right to do that. And it's not mean to do that. In fact, it's actually kind to tell somebody what you prefer. So then they don't have to guess. But we take it mean because we're not used to people being assertive. We're used to people beating around the bush or being like straight out ugly or being like not really telling us what they really want to say because they're trying to be nice. And it just is not good for communication, especially for people who have like non-neurotypical brains, which I would include myself in that category. It's very hard for us kind of people to understand what you mean when you're not saying what you mean, but I do it too because I've learned to do it. So anyway, but so that's the one analogy is the gardens. The next one that I heard through my, with the support group was they were talking about universes. Like this is like thinking of your head, like its own, I guess more like a planet kind of like your head is your own little planet. So you have control over your little sphere and everybody has their little sphere. 
and um, you're not responsible for what happens in their place over there. Um, I like the idea of the garden because when you think about just somebody coming in, like kicking your plants over and stuff like that, and what we don't realize is when we're being enabling or when we are taking away consequences or when we're telling people what they should do instead, we are the plant kickers. And thinking of myself doing that was just like, oh, wow. But the one that I got from my counts, well, we kind of worked on this together because he said, he was saying like ocean and swimming pool, but I liked ocean and pond. Um, Cause I just imagined my little pond. It's like, I have a little, well, this is actually different. This is not, this is um, what I like about his analogy is that it goes from, it's not just like going into somebody else's pond. It, te- it shows you what it's like. So like, it's sometimes, we couldn't imagine ourselves going into someone else's garden and actually kicking their plants over and pulling up stuff that wasn't ready to be harvested and things like that. But that's why I like the ocean and the pond. So the pond, when you're in your pond and you're managing yourself and you're worried about your thoughts, behaviors, emotions, and actions, you're focused on you. And I imagine my little ducks, all of my ponds, like little rubber ducks, and like I can pick them up and look on the bottom of them and they have things like peace or like self-care, or like my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions. They have like things like that written on the bottom of them. And when I'm like managing myself, I get to sit in my little pond with my little raft and my little ducks and just like happily float along. It's a really like sterile pond. There's like no gross stuff on the bottom. There's no dirt in my pond. It's like just really nice clear water. The grass is all artificial turf. There's no bugs anywhere. Um, The clouds are cotton candy and, you know, it's just like this amazing place. And then when I start trying to manage other people or when I'm worried about what other people think or when I'm doing any kind of thing that takes me out of what I actually have control over, then I'm in the ocean and I can't touch the bottom and there's waves crashing over my head. And I am like, um, I'm doggy paddling for dear life to try to stay afloat because there's no land anywhere around when you're in the ocean. And I don't want to be there. Like, I don't want to be in the ocean. I don't. And that's exactly what it feels like to me. Like when I am trying to manage other people, that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like I'm doggy paddling, trying to keep myself afloat. Waves are crashing over my head. I don't know if I've ever told you guys my, how I hate water. Like I don't hate water. I love water, but like, I don't like being in deep water that I don't have Yeah. I mean, I can swim, but I don't like to get water in my face. So waves splashing in my face and over my head is just like horrible to me. But another thing, he took it a step further and he showed me how people who are enabled. So like when you have, so like I said, having to interact with family members that think that I'm in the wrong and that I'm, you know, just making bad choices and stuff like that. Those people are also in the ocean and they're doing the same thing. And so enablers, when you're, I mean, that's what you're doing. You're not only are you, I mean, you could think of yourself as in somebody else's pond, but I really like the idea better of being in the ocean. And I started calling people who do that sea creatures too, because it's just, it just makes me laugh. So like when I start to, when somebody, oh my gosh, my stomach is growling so much. When somebody starts to like try to tell me what I should do or try to try to, um, you know, or accuses me of something or whatever else. I just picture them in the ocean. And you know, one of the things it does for me is it reminds me that I used to be there too. 
which gives me compassion for that person. But also, I'm like, I'm not joining you because I don't like the ocean. I like my pond. So I'm going to stay over here. I'm going to let you be you. And I'm going to sit in my pond and do me. And it's just made like, I mean, it's not just taking that analogy. It's been going back over the things I've learned. Like I have a notebook and I'll read back over stuff. It's a lot of just like going back over the information and internalizing it and, you know, practicing it when I have a chance to, or if something happens and I don't do it right the first time, going back through the situation and seeing like, how could I have done this differently? And through doing that, um, I'm starting to notice a change and I'm really happy about that. So I just wanted to share it. You know, if you're going through stuff like that and you're just not seeing, or like if you've been trying and you're just not seeing it, but this is the other thing. And so this will probably be going up with the mindset stuff that I recorded yesterday. But one of the things I really want you to see here, I've got to take another sip of water. My mouth is so dry from talking so much. Um, and this is really for me too, because I haven't even started here. And this is the thing that I'm just like so excited about this. Um, so this all comes from the thing where the women, the maids in the hotel, um, thought they didn't exercise. And then when they realized their job actually was in fact, pretty intense exercise, all of a sudden without changing anything, they just started dropping weight, their blood pressure lowered, like all these kind of things happened just from them thinking about their, what they do every day in a different way. So I'm noticing a shift because I'm starting to think of how I interact with others in a different way. So imagine, like, I can't, like, I'm, I'm getting really excited for changing the way that I think about myself, changing the way I interact with myself, changing the way I talk to myself. Um, like really doing it, not just like halfway doing it, but like really just the idea that I know this is the other crazy thing. So all that happened with the, the hotel thing was that they, you have to listen to the mindset thing to get all of this, but they just explained to them that they in fact were working really hard and their bodies started changing. They started having physical changes to their body. So just by changing an idea in their brain. So imagine if I just change this, just the fact that I know that changing my mindset about myself can change my whole self, just knowing that and having the intention to do it. Like, I think that right there is going to start causing changes to happen. And maybe already did. Like maybe the work I did yesterday really has more to deal with that interaction that I had and how I changed it. But anyway, I look forward to talking more about this and giving you guys updates on the progress with it. So talk to you guys later. Bye.